Hey, hey, welcome to Career Coaching with Tiffany, the office informant podcast. Here we focus on helping you navigate what's next in your career. Whether you're looking to prepare for a promotion, re-enter the workforce, or completely overhaul your career, this is the place to hear tips, tools, stories, and experiences to help you feel more confident in moving forward. I'm Tiffany, your host and guide. Hey, hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of Career Coaching with Tiffany, the Office Informant Podcast. Today, we are continuing our series on the roadmap to interview success. So far, we have talked about the art of interview preparation. We have talked about setting yourself up for success in the virtual and in-person interview. And today, we are going to be talking about avoiding common interview mistakes. So get ready, we're gonna jump right in. I wanna start today's episode by sharing a very real and possible story of a client. Let's call her Ivy for today's conversation. Ivy reached out to me just a few weeks ago and she shared, Tiffany, I'm frustrated. I have been interviewing for weeks and I keep getting interviews, but I can't quite land the job. What am I going to do? And so I said, tell me about your last interview. And she said, well, I'm glad you asked because that was the worst one. She said, I made the mistake of scheduling an interview first thing in the morning, and I know my mornings can be chaotic. And it was my first in-person interview in quite a while. It was my second interview, so it was high stakes. She made some mistakes in her planning and preparation, and unfortunately, she woke up late. She arrived at the interview late, and of course, she was just really thrown off and blustered. She said as she walked into the interview, she realized that the notes she took to prepare for that interview were the wrong notes. They were notes for an interview that she had towards the end of the week. And so again, a terrible start for Ivy as she walked into this interview. And she said ultimately, she just rambled through her answers and halfway through the interview, All she wanted to do was get up and walk out because it was a lost cause. She called because she was absolutely tired of fumbling through interviews and she needed an interview strategy. Well, today we are going to talk about some of the mistakes that Ivy has made in her interviewing over the past several weeks. And we're gonna talk about how to avoid these things. Ivy's not the only person. These are common interview mistakes. So let's get to it. As a human resources professional and a career coach, I see and hear about interviewing mistakes all the time. And one of the most common interview mistakes is arriving to the interview at the incorrect time. And there's so many reasons that this can happen. She scheduled the interview at a time that was not optimal for her morning. She scheduled the interview at a time that is typically chaotic for her. And so other reasons you might be late to an interview is maybe you go to the wrong location or when you take notes, you don't confirm your arrival time. One that gets us all the time in the virtual world is we don't sync 
on time zones. So if you have a virtual interview, make sure you are documenting the interview time in your appropriate time zone. So mistake number one, one of the most common mistakes is arriving late. This is not about being fashionably late. You don't wanna log into the interview a, a minute after. You don't wanna log into the interview 20 minutes ahead, but you want a good safety nest to make sure that nothing happens, no technology messes up your virtual interview, or no traffic patterns or childcare situations mess up your in-person interview. So make sure you go back to episode one in the series and prepare, prepare, prepare to make sure that you are able to arrive to that virtual or in-person interview on time. Here are a few tips to make sure you arrive at your interview on time. If your interview is virtual, again, just like I said in the first episode of this series, you want to check to make sure all of your technology is working. You wanna make sure that you have childcare and pet sitters and all the things necessary to have a quiet, peaceful, worry-free zone so that you can focus only on your interview. If you have an in-person interview, again, that child care, that pet care is important. Make sure, like Ivy, you don't schedule that interview at a time that you just can't make work. If you know you have to drop the kids off and you have to make lunches and you have to walk the dogs and you have to be responsible for watering your neighbor's flowers, you don't wanna schedule an interview for first thing in the morning if you have all of those regular responsibilities or you wanna make sure that you hand off those responsibilities to someone else. The most common reason people are late that I'm used to seeing is the location is wrong or the traffic pattern is unexpected. So if you're able to drive to the location at a time of day around the time of your scheduled interview so that you can see the traffic traffic pattern, you want to do that so you can plan out your route and have a plan B just in case there is an accident or if you live in some place like Jacksonville, Florida, if there's a bridge where traffic is typically heavy. All right, so let's go to common interview mistake number two. This is not going to be popular opinion, folks. This is all about that little device or big device that is always in your hand, always in your pocket, always in your purse, and it can sometimes get us in trouble. I am talking about our cell phone, folks. We have that with us at all times. However, if we're in in an interview, we want to make sure that we have that device on silent, not on vibrate, not on a a volume of low for ring, but silent. And I have clients that say, well, what if my kids need to call me or the teacher or the nanny or my spouse or my partner needs to get in touch with me? Listen, an interview is high stakes. You are in that meeting, that conversation at most 60 to 90 minutes. Have a plan for your spouse, your partner, your kids, your nanny, whomever might need to reach you. Communicate with them that unfortunately you are not available at that time. Here is a person you can reach out to in the case of an emergency. I doubt that they need you in that time frame, but just in case. If you can't resist turning your phone 
volume down or turning your your vibrate off, put it on airplane mode to be extra safe. You don't want the distraction in the lobby or the middle of the interview. We don't want to hear your favorite love song, baby shark, or whatever ringtone you have selected in the middle of your interview. It's an unnecessary distraction. Okay, part two of the cell phone debacle. Again, this is not popular opinion. You arrive to your interview, let's say 10 or 15 minutes early. You walk into the lobby and you have to wait for your interview to start. The last thing I want you to do is to sit there and scroll and watch videos and get on Instagram. You don't want to be locked into your phone. Because I look out in the lobby and you're locked into your phone, I'm thinking, oh, this person is going to be looking at their phone all the time while they're on the job as well. They're not going to be pulling away from their phone even when they have job responsibilities. And you don't want to leave that first impression. There are other things you can do with your time that's a lot more intentional and impactful to your interview. So here we go. Take that phone and put it away. Don't pull it out. If you can't resist the temptation, leave the cell phone in the car. What you can do with that time is maybe chat up the receptionist or the person sitting at the front desk if there's someone there. You can ask them how long they've worked there. You can talk about the weather, what they like most, what they you know have for lunch, like whatever. Don't interrogate them. Don't interview them. Don't talk them to death, but have casual, light conversation. That person is probably the gatekeeper to the office, and it's someone you want to have a great relationship with. So why not start it now? So if you don't have a person sitting out front with you or the conversation seems to be kind of stale and they're not really talking back to you, they seem or feel a little bit busy, other things you can do with your time is to build your confidence right before you walk into your interview. You can look through your notes, look through your potential questions that the interviewer might ask you, look through questions you might ask at the um, end of the interview, look through the job description, all those preparation materials that you have gotten together in order to ace your interview. Take one more glance over those things, practice your interview answers in your head, and just make sure you have that extra boost of confidence right before walking in the door. Let's keep it moving to common Interview mistake number three. And this is an easy one, but I want to talk about the impact if you don't do your research or your homework on the company. So again, go back to episode one in the series. Trust me, when people, when interviewers are looking for what you know about their company or their organization, a blank stare is absolutely not the answer. So if you don't do proper preparation, you risk lack of preparedness. So without proper knowledge about the company's products, services, their culture, what's important to them, their values, you really struggle to answer questions effectively. You really struggle to ask meaningful questions of your own so you can gather a better understanding of the role, the culture, and if you even want to take on an opportunity with that organization. Another negative impact of not preparing is you leave a poor impression. Interviewers absolutely expect you to know and show initiative during the interview process. So failing to do the research makes it seem like you're not interested in the role 
or in the organization. And that could harm your chances of being not only selected for that job, but I always talk about, okay, so you don't get the job, keep in touch with the interviewer for future opportunities. If you set a poor impression from the beginning, you don't know about the organization, you're not gonna get that call back for the next opportunity if you don't get the first one. So I have a good friend, she's not a client. Um, Many, many years ago, she was laid off from her job. And of course she was job searching and she interviewed with our local power company here in Jacksonville, Florida. And during her interview, of course, she showed up professionally. She nailed the interview. And unfortunately, she didn't get the job. Just a couple weeks later, she got a call back from that same recruiter in the human resources department, and they offered her a higher level opportunity. And because she showed up and said a great first impression, she was still on the recruiter's mind. And so when when they opened up new opportunities, they were able to call her back and either invite her to interview or extend that offer because she had already been through the interview process. So it is very important that you set a great impression from the beginning and research and preparedness is a part of that. Okay, another impact is not being able to negotiate salary appropriately. So understanding the company size, the industry norms, the pay scales that you typically are going to make in that role in that industry hinders you from being able to negotiate with that information. So you might undervalue yourself and get paid less than what you're worth with the organization, or you might overvalue yourself and not get the offer extended to you because the salary you're asking for is too high for that company or that position. So you want to do your research and understand what those salary implications are. Do you have an interview coming up and the very thought of interviewing makes you want to run and hide? Well, guess what? I love interviewing. Weird, right? Well, I want to share tips and tools I've used personally and coach clients on for many years. You can download the pre-interview guide today. The best part, it's free. Inside of this free resource, I share steps you should take before the interview, insight into what hiring managers are looking for, and a list of common interview questions. You can get your copy at theofficeinformant.com backslash pre-interview guide. You can also find the link in the show notes. Okay, so you have navigated your way through the interview successfully. You just know that you have it. Here is one thing that people fail to do sometimes, and it's just the icing on the cake to really hammer in and distinguish yourself from other strong candidates. And that is sending a thank you note after the interview. I am not asking you to go home and write a handwritten note and mail it off with a stamp. These days that takes way too long and decisions may have been made by the time that note reaches your interviewer. I am asking you to go home, think back through your interview, look through your notes and write your interviewer a thoughtful, not a canned, but a thoughtful thank you note for their time. And so here's an extra hint. 
If you interview with two people, three people, or if you go through even a panel interview where everyone's in the same room, you should be sending a different thank you note to each of those people from the interview process. So let's talk about that a little bit more. I'm in an interview. I have a panel and I have three people on my panel that are asking me questions. One person asked me about my management and my communication style. Another person asked me about how I work cross-functionally with various departments. And someone asked me about my systems and my processes that I have experience with. In each of those thank you notes, I wanna go back to those specific questions that they ask and highlight where I have experience in those areas because obviously those people have different interests in the decision and I wanna meet them where they are and reassure each of them that I can meet and even exceed those expectations of the role. Okay, friends, we're almost done. I have one more interview mistake to avoid and that is do not speak badly about your current or previous employers, managers, or colleagues. No matter where you live or what industry you are in, you will find that the network, the community for that industry is very, very small and people know one another. So you wanna make sure that you don't speak badly about the people you have interacted with and worked with in the past. So in interviews, someone might ask, why are you looking to change jobs? Why are you looking to leave your role with X company? Instead of what's probably going through your mind is, my manager is a micromanager. I don't trust my leadership. I think that the business is failing. I don't believe in the products or services. You don't wanna look back and think of those negative things, or you don't wanna look at your current situation and think of those negative things. Here's a hint on how you can answer that question, be truthful, authentic, and honest, but still be positive. You want to think about the future. So if they ask, why are you looking to leave your current organization? And your answer is, I'm stuck in my job, there's no growth opportunity. Instead of saying that, you can say, I am looking for an organization where I can build my career, I can learn from my leaders, I can get training and development to grow. So state those things that you're looking for in the future. Let's say your answer is, my manager's a micromanager and they're not going anywhere. Instead of saying, I don't wanna work for this micromanager anymore, you can say, I'm looking for an opportunity to work with leadership where I can thrive, where I can grow, where I can be innovative, where I can try on new things, where I can build trust with them that I can make decisions around my work area and environment. So again, you don't wanna speak negatively. Instead, turn that need into a future desire and one that you'd be getting with that organization. All right, friends, I know I said that was my last tip, but I have one bonus tip I wanna share, and that's an easy one. In your interview, you never, never, never want to lie or exaggerate. If you have adequately prepared for your interview, you know how to align your past experiences, your values, and who you are as an individual, you've learned how to align that with what the organization is looking for. You've also looked at potential gaps based on the job description and you've prepared answers for those gaps. So there is no need to lie or exaggerate or misrepresent yourself in that experience. 
employers will know right away if they hire you, if you have misrepresented your experience, they'll know right away and you don't want to start off any relationship like that. So there you have it, my friends. That is a fun tour of interview mistakes, bloopers, blunders to avoid. Next week, I look forward to continuing our series and talking more about how to ace the interview and our roadmap to interview success series. So until next time, keep practicing, keep preparing, keep applying, and I wish you much, much interview success.